Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. You guys know Sierra got married last year. It's a lot of work. Oh boy, was it. It's a lot to do. And one thing that really helped her figure out what to do first, where to access certain resources, how to get people to know where they were supposed to go for a wedding. Zola. With Zola, you can discover venues and find vendors easily. You can message and book vendors right on their website. And truly, when I say that that was the first part that we had to do and also one of the most intimidating and hardest, it's so nice to just have them all listed right there and be able to talk to them right there and then. They also have free planning tools, which is really helpful because you don't know what you don't know. And if when you go to Zola, you have a guest list manager, wedding website templates, a budgeting tool because dang, can a wedding get out of hand real quick? Mm-hmm. It could all eliminate so much stress and you'll save so much time all because it's like a one-stop shop. That's so true. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hey guys, I'm Jerry. I'm Sierra. We're ladies. And we tangent. What's, What's up, up everyone? everyone? Hello. Um, I have I have something for you. Oh boy. So if you are a part of the Patreon, you heard us talk about Mario Kart for a very long time at the beginning of last <laughs> week's episode. Yeah. And we were talking about our characters and which ones we play. Mm-hmm. And I play Peach. You also play Peach. Peach. Yep. Until I unlock Daisy and then I play Daisy. But if I'm just like getting a little tired of Daisy, then I go Yoshi. Yeah. But I go Peach Toad Yoshi. I or Peach Yoshi Toad. I hate Toad. Yeah. And I don't know why. I called Mario Kart Erica before we (laughs) recorded to ask her why we don't like Toad. And she's like, because he's just kind of a chump. And I'm like, (laughs) sound logic. Fair enough. I. Don't feel the need to ask any further questions. Right. But I did look up what your Mario Kart character (gasps) says about you. Okay. And I didn't do all of them. I only did a few. All right. Okay. So Peach is the first one. Tight. So Peach, one for the girls and the gays, a bad bitch selection. The Elle Woods of racing. If you choose Peach, your favorite Britney Spears song is Womanizer. You live and breathe RuPaul's Drag Race, but probably couldn't name a drag queen in your local gay bar. Love Island is the highlight of your year. You are shitting me. I swear. (laughs) When I read that, I was like, (gasps) call out. Also, I couldn't name a drag queen at my local gay bar because we don't have a local gay bar. No, I really wish we did. But again, small town Ohio. Yeah. Nothing good is here. (laughs) Fortunately. Um, 
Okay, Daisy is the next one. Who is she, what, what does she look like? Like me. Oh, okay. <laughs> tight, tight, tight. Okay. The Thinking Man's Princess Peach. Cool. You swap Britney and Gaga out for Lana Del Rey and Billie Eilish and have a slight superiority complex because of it. <laughs> Since you chose Daisy over Peach, you can rest easy knowing you have better taste in hairstyles. Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was funny because I'm yeah. like, I do tend to have a bit of a superiority complex. Here's this motherfucker toad. Okay. Oh, oh, oh boy. The edgy girl's Yoshi. You only drink oat milk. You thrive in charity no. shops. Tell me more about the feminist podcast you love so much. I beg you. That's it. <laughs> That's the I one. I'm kind of shocked by that. Yeah, I love I that. I just look at Toad and I'm like, he's such a fucking chump. I love Toad. Why? I don't know. I'm he's down for the Toad. Weeb. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't know why. Just looking at him makes me furious. <laughs> You know why? It's because he, he looks, looks like, like a, baby, a baby, but he's not a baby. <laughs> I was like, why are you? Grow up. It? That's what I'm like. <laughs> Fucking grow up. Yeah. Here's the question. Is, is his, he a baby? Is his hat, is it a hat or is it his head? I think. The mushroom part. I think it's a hat and that's what makes me angry. Oh, because if he takes it off, he's just a baby in a mushroom hat. <laughs> yeah. Like and if, if like, get you out are, of the race, you fucking baby. <laughs> if you are a baby in a mushroom hat, like that's fine. But like, be a baby, <laughs> right? Like, I'm gonna feel a little bit like a dick for like wanting to fight you if you're a baby. But mm. <laughs> if you're a, a mushroom person, then like whatever. I don't feel that. Yeah. Um. Yoshi. But then there's another one. Oh. I Wait. only did the ones that we play. I Damn. didn't do Yoshi. Okay. Because I didn't think that we did Yoshi very often. Yeah, I don't. Um. But. Another one for Princess Peach was, you are a strong, independent princess who doesn't need no Mario to rescue you from the castle. Yes. You've proven time and time again that you're a baddie who is not to be fucked with. Yes. Mario, haven't heard that name in years. Who is you're he? You're too busy winning gold and making money moves. Okay. You're, or you're a gay man. There is no in between. <laughs> <laughs> Known for basically being a badass bitch. Yes. Okay, okay. Code. Oh, okay. You're cute and wholesome as heck. You give people your space, your your space change. <laughs> you give people your spare change in the canteen line if they're a few cents short and are and really fangirling for a pizza rounder. Oh my god, this is all me. You're the best kind of friend who has no hidden agendas. You're just inherently good. <gasps> Known for being really good at hitting the nene. See, I don't. What what's frustrating is like hey. I love everything that they're saying about Toad, but I can't. Yeah, I can't. I understand, but that's why I love him because I'm all of those things. I just I think I hate the fact that he's not wearing a shirt. Oh, naked babies! He, he's got like nipples. a vest on. Oh, but no nipples. Oh, his vests are covering his nipples. No, I just don't think he has nipples. <gasps> Ew! <laughs> no and nipple like, having ass. <laughs> Like, is it a diaper that he's wearing or high-waisted pants? Like, I just don't like that he has, like, a crossing guard's vest on <laughs> and a mushroom hat. It's infuriating. Okay. All right. I, I guess I get it. The other one for Princess Daisy is you're really pretty and rich with zero responsibility and not much of a personality. <laughs> you have 13 sugar daddies on rotation, known for being the ultimate Instagram influencer. I love that you're throwing shade on my character, but your character is like, they're my throwing shade all over. Absolute bitches, I guess, <laughs> but what the fuck ever. I think that is why I like Toad, because he feels wholesome and just cute. Do some quick Googling. Who's your Mario Kart character? Yeah. And, Who do you and what's it with? say about you? Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Do you not agree? This is so much homework that I've just given you. 
enjoy. Yeah. I'll be checking. Yeah. We're watching. Right answers only. Wrong answers only. That's yeah. always fun. That is fun. I like that. Guess and what I almost did today. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Oh, go ahead. I almost did space buns. Oh, I love a good space bun. But here's here's what I'm noticing about about me mm-hmm. is my anxiety comes out in in weird ways. Sure. And so as soon as I pulled out the hair ties and started to create the buns, because it wasn't all of my hair. It was just like a half half up space bun situation. And I was like, put the hair ties down. Okay. Why? I love space buns. Because I that is a hairstyle that I would look back on later <laughs> and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Because I think they're cute on other people. Yeah. And I my toxic trait is thinking that I can just do anything. Me too. And not I can't hate rock, myself later. I can't rock space buns. No. Or Me like neither. down ta- I, downtown piggies. <laughs> you know when girls have- a downtown piggy. <laughs> You know, girls have like shorter hair and they do the separate oh, and they put two little piggies back yes. here and then they kind of got their hair floofed, a little yep. bit of side bang action. I think that is so fucking cute. Yeah. And then I tried to do it once and I was like, who is this farmer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking yeah. think so. Mm. It just looked, it didn't look like the style I was trying I to. I do feel very lucky that I can pull off the George Washington ponytail. Like, I can't. I, I definitely can pull off a founding father pony. You can and I can't. Mm. I try. I try and I try and I try. <laughs> and I and can't. I try. <laughs> um, that's all I have. I had so much. To, well, first of all, people have asked last week's episode was a doozy, wasn't it? You she was. <laughs> wow. She was a doozy. We had it. We had. Mm, I had some. Uh, it was not good the next day. <laughs> yeah. We went upstairs. I had fun. Um. Yeah, we went upstairs. Jerry immediately ditched me when okay, we got well, here's the, Okay, so Shane, we walked upstairs. <laughs> Sierra's like, I'm going to lay on the couch. She fucking just belly just flops like- onto the couch. I'm like, <laughs> bye. And I walk back to my bedroom. And Shane's standing in the kitchen. And he goes, you guys ordered sheets. And I was like, I don't care anymore. Jerry's Honestly. like, bring it to me in bed. And I was like, put mine in a to-go bag. <laughs> That's what we I did. I need to go the fuck home. Yep. And then I was, I went home and I was hooked up to my pump <laughs> and i was just like drunk eating mac and cheese <laughs> with my boobs getting pumped and Corey's like what's happening here? i was like what what mommy's at work oh um, yeah a tough night what okay so shane brought it to me i don't know what happened like you i i don't know if he brought it to me before or after he took I you i don't know what happened i think it was before because I ended up spilling ranch all over the floor <laughs> and Birdie helped me clean it up. <laughs> and then um, I just passed the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I all I kept thinking is that is exactly what it was like living with me and having a party. Because if I invited a bunch of people over yeah. and we were having a party and I was just done, I would just go to bed and like leave everyone to continue partying. I didn't yeah. give a fuck at You're all. Like, so sorry, but well, I would make hamburgers and then I would just go to bed. Hamburgers uh-huh. on like a George Foreman yep. grill. Oh, Corey used to but do if that I was all the drunk time. Drunk enough, I would forget to put the tray underneath it. Uh-huh. And there was one day that yeah. all our moms were coming up for some reason, <laughs> and they walked in the house, and there was just hamburger grease all over the countertop. <laughs> All over the couch, like Man. a thick ass layer. College like, how many hamburgers so did I make? 
college sounds so fun. It was fun. I was getting up three times a night with an infant when you guys were doing that. So I was not having as fun of a time. But here I am 10 years later doing the same motherfucking thing. (laughs) Yay. It's been a a dream. (laughs) No, that was college was good times. I'm sorry you missed it. No, me too. <laughs> I feel like I experienced things in my own way. Mm-hmm. I was like uh, the towny college scene, mm-hmm. but I wasn't in college, but I would just go out to the bars and be like, yeah, I'm fucking in college. <laughs> and then they would all get. Technically, I'm college age. Yeah. It's Who fine. Cares? We all went to high But it was all like people we also went to high school together with. And it was just like. That was but the it best was thing about being in college is that I never saw Here's anybody. the cool thing, though, was it was like people I never hung out with in high school oh. who were all just still stuck at home. And we were yeah. all like, you guys want to be friends? <laughs> we're all here. And then so that's how that that's yeah. all that happened. It didn't work out great for me, no. but it's fine. Oh, well. So, so today... Today's topic. We're gonna talk. We're about... really li- we really like to give you guys like emotional whiplash. Yeah. We're like last week it Funny, was Funny silly happy time. And today is uh trauma responses. We're gonna talk about trauma so... responses. Hope you guys are buckled the fuck in. Are you ready to cry? Are we gonna cry? I'm getting I don't hives. know. I cried a fucking lot today. You did? Honestly so much. Ask Corey about it. Like I'm getting teary eyed right now. It's been a an... I probably need to cry. I'm yeah. kind of, I've been um, at Dissociation Station for a bit, so. Yeah, well, I think I was there for the entire first four months that my child mm-hmm. was born, mm-hmm. and so feelings are hitting me now. Yeah. And they're not good feelings, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, Shane has been um, randomly, like, looking at me and saying, like, what can I do for you? And yeah. that is my, oh, I've been zoned out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's my check back in because he's letting me know like, hey, you've been staring at a plant for like a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. not blinking. So do you need something from me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't notice. <laughs> that's kind of how I was today, except, uh, well, that's why we didn't record this episode yesterday, which yeah. we were supposed to, but I haven't slept. And then I literally was like the worst mentally that I've been in a long time. And when I get like that, which we'll talk about trauma response wise, but recently yeah. and just kind of always, I like shut down completely. Yeah. So I don't want people to help me. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> um, I don't like people reaching out to help me. Not yeah. that I don't like it. I just physically can't like, I don't know why I do it. Well, I think we'll figure it out. Cause it's, yeah. I think it's um, flight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a bit of freeze. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's what I did like all day yesterday and people were like trying to reach out to help me because they knew that I needed it. And I was just like mm-hmm. curling into my shell. And then Corey got home and I slept for a really long time. And then I woke up and was like, nothing happened. That's the thing, too. Like when people reach Not out sometimes, I, I can't even check my messages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's I have 290. What's it at right now? I've been, it was at 3.03 and someone called me out. It's 288. I've been really trying to get it down. I have 288 missed text messages. Jeez. And my brain registers it as zero <gasps> because I'm so overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And like, if anyone is like, hey, do you need anything? It's almost just like I don't have enough energy to even expel on explaining that to you what I what need. That is what I said to Corey almost exactly. He was like, 
I have people who can come and help you and like take the baby. And I was like, I didn't even have energy to like go back through my messages or to like get a diaper bag ready for people. Like Mm -hmm. the most energy I had is to feed her and lay on the couch and like dissociate. Mm -hmm. It's probably not healthy. It's probably not the best. Like he was like, well, if it not good, but well, that's only if it's like long term. Yeah, I like, knew he was going to be home by like three. Yeah, there's going to be seasons. There's going to be days, and like yeah. you have to give yourself those. But like, plus, I'm really coming to grips, which I have a doctor's appointment on Monday, and hopefully, we'll get on medication. But I have like, sorry, I'm trying not to cry again because this is why I cried. But I'm I'm realizing I have like pretty severe postpartum anxiety. Yeah, where like. I literally cannot be separated from her without feeling like I'm going to throw up. And I thought yeah. I was just like, oh, I have IBS <laughs> like or like Crohn's. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm going to get sick all the time. But like I've started having really intense dreams mm. of things happening to her when she's not with me. I'm ca- like right now my chest. Yeah. My chest has been like aching and like yeah. sharp pin pains. Yeah, You guys don't see, but like in between takes and stuff. Um, Because the camera only records for 30 minutes and we take breaks. Sierra's like checking in with Corey. She's calling him and stuff. And it's not even because she doesn't trust the father of her child to handle it. It's just. And I've said this multiple times. Like he's like, my mom is wondering like what, like she feels like you don't trust her. And I trust my mom more than anything in the world is what he said. And I was like, I trust your mom too. But I think she's going to die if she's not in my sight. That is not a normal thing to think like and even saying that out loud, like I just got sick to my stomach saying that out loud because I also am like having really intrusive thoughts that like if I say it, it's going to happen or if I think it, it's going to happen like jinx it. Yeah. It's so bizarre. (laughs) So um, we got into a bit of a kerfuffle heated conversation, (laughs) I'll say today because he was just like I don't know what to do I'm trying to get you help because you're not sleeping because I'm not sleeping because when I can sleep I'm having nightmares and then so I'm just not sleeping and he's like I'm trying to get people to come help you and when I do you like freak out and I'm like because I'm literally sick when she's not around me Mm -hmm. and then I'm also so tired when she is around me it's like a friggin it's yeah I've it's never felt. If you do, damned if you I've don't. never felt anything like this in my freaking life. I don't want to minimize postpartum depression. So this is not like a blanket statement. This only applies to me. Please understand that I'm saying yeah. that. But for me, this is worse than postpartum depression was. Because at least postpartum depression, like, I had intrusive thoughts, but I didn't have all this physical like pain. Yeah. I am like physically hurting. Mm-hmm. No. See, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I catch my breath today. No, so. it's a lot, and it's tough because. They, at least for me, it was like after six weeks, they check in with you and then that's it. But mine didn't, mine didn't set in until six months in. Same. Well, I just thought like it was normal mom worrying stuff. And like, this is when it's been the worst it's ever been. And she's like almost five months old. And I'm I'm like, oh my God, if it gets worse than this, which is progressively getting worse. That's why I thank God I got in with my doctor because I was like. I need to to talk to you. Well, yeah, because the more that they move, the more that they develop, the more that yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, okay, now what if they roll over? What if they? I, I'm not going to list off a bunch no, of no, things because you already I've you already do thought that. of it. Yeah. Like everything that you're thinking, I'm already like, yeah, but I know like, mm-hmm. every milestone she hits. I'm like so excited, but like the thought of feeding her food has now come up, and I've looked into baby led weaning, and it's so. But like in my head, she is going to choke the second I give her food. Yeah. I know that that's probably like Corey was like, Sierra, you know what you're saying isn't like 
you are a very logical person. Listen to what you're saying. And I'm like, do you not understand that I know that? That makes it worse. Yes. Because I know what these intrusive thoughts, that they are not realistic. But I think if I, I'm like, don't start her on any food. Seriously? Until she's like eight months old. Yeah. Which is not going to be realistic. We are going to have to. But I'm just like. I'm at least waiting until six months because I literally can't. No, that's fine. And here's the okay. thing. Like, <laughs> um, their main source of nutrition is supposed to come from... Breast milk and formula. Yeah, so, until yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So food is just a like fun, for fun thing. Yeah. I know, I know. See, I'm just and like... And I can, I can help you because I there was a lot of stuff that I did for baby led weaning, even for like Ollie when he didn't have teeth. Yeah. So like... And Forrest when he didn't have teeth. So and like, I it's see it, tough. I'm like, oh, that's so fun. But then I'm like, she's going to joke. She's gonna I know, joke. I know. That's It's tough. And like, it's hard too because um, male partners mm-hmm. don't have the um, intense hormonal yeah, that's change told- that goes along with it. So like, yeah, you could have the sleep deprivation. You could have just like the stimula- overstimulation of sound and smell and things yes. like that. But the internal hormonal change that happens is so unique. Yeah. And when he's, I feel bad for him because what we got into today, he's like, you're not communicating the way we normally communicate and you're like being mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I've said before, my anxiety manifests as either completely pulling away and shutting yeah. down or, or lashing out. And that is what I've been doing. And I do it to him because I can't do it to the baby. So yeah. I'm not doing it to her and I won't. But he's the next closest person to me. So unfortunately, he's getting a lot of it. And I'm like, I know. That's why I made this appointment. That's why I need to get on medicine or something because Mm -hmm. it's just too much. It's been a lot. Yeah. So that's what's going on in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's fine. (laughs) It's not, but it's It's uh, whatever. It will be. I hope. (laughs) Yeah. We got it. Let's put that energy into the world. God, please. Seriously. Because I... I told him today, I was like, if I yesterday could have made an appointment to go get my tubes tied and it be that easy, yeah. I would have done it. Mm-hmm. Like, this makes me never want to go through that again. And I hate that because I love having babies. You know, I, I freaking love babies. You love you love babies being there, but. No, I don't love having babies. <laughs> yeah. But I love babies. Yes. Like, yes. babies are, I like toddlers too. They're fine. They're but like jam. Yeah. But I fucking love babies. Oh, mm-hmm. cuddly little smushy. And when they start like babbling and reaching for you and i fucking love babies and i feel like i'm missing all of that because i'm Mm -hmm. yeah what's happening right now so it's fucking hopefully gonna get better (laughs) yes hopefully they can give you some relief of something god i hope so truly hey guys we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors i am obsessed with clothes oh yeah it's a problem for me it's a problem for my closet Mm -hmm. okay and that's why i'm so excited to be sharing newly with our audience because newly is a way to try out trendy styles colors silhouettes all different kinds of things that maybe you've been interested in but are like gonna make your bank cry Mm -hmm. now you can rent them for a period of time and then you just ship them back for just 98 dollars a month you get your choice of any six styles each month access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing that's another beautiful thing Mm -hmm. because a lot of places may not have options for everyone and this has so much diversity not only in the brands that they offer but also they have fast free shipping and returns 
and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. It's fun, it's sustainable, and you can save because you get to try out a bunch of stuff that you like, or maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe I would like this. And then you get it, and you're like, "Ah, I don't think that's for me. But there's no commitment to buy it unless you really do love it. And you're like, you actually can't have this back, Newly. I'm keeping it. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six dials, but right now you can get $20 off of your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code tangents 20 just go to n-u-u-l-y.com that's newly with two u's and enter the code tangents 20 and sign up to get 20 dollars off your first month that's n-u-u-l-y.com newly with two u's with code tangents 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes Do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them or afford them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. Honestly, a lot of times you make that appointment at your appointment you already have. I don't know when I'm going to schedule my breakdown. I don't know when I'm going to need to talk to somebody. And with Talkspace, it's so nice because you can send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next session. Talkspace therapists can help with any specific challenges that you might be facing. And it's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, so much more. Plus, therapy can help you find the tools to cope in difficult times and just be a guiding light. So like maybe you're not going through something really intense, but you just have like, I don't know, a work issue or... Or something going on with a friend of yours that you just need an outsider's perspective. And Talkspace is amazing for that. They also are in network with most major insurers. So check in on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you got it. Plus, as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off of your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80 to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Tangents, promo code SPACE80. Spring vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming around your house, you probably want to smell them and not your litter box. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Pretty Litter, you can. Seriously, nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. And I'm serious when I say that the, whatever magic is in those crystals, I cannot smell Anytime my cat will literally poop right next to me and I don't realize that she did it until I hear her litter box start going. It's lightweight, low dust in one six pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals also change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat like urinary tract infections, kidney issues and so much more. Which is super helpful since cats can't talk and that's a important information to have. <laughs> so true. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. I know because whenever I go over to Sierra's, it's there. <laughs> Always have some. Seriously, but it's so nice because I don't have to change it as much as normal, but I still have some on deck then whenever I do need it. And you won't run out and you don't have to go to the store and carry around a giant thing of litter. Go to prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash tangents. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But I felt like this was a good time to talk about that because that's it's got a lot to do with what we're going to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I was telling Corey today, this is also one of the first times that like we've done an episode like this and I actively didn't look at anything for it. Good. Normally, I like will watch a bunch of videos and I'll try and educate myself and I'm like, no, yeah. 
Fucking just stop trying to control everything and just let me take you on this ride, baby. (laughs) But I was telling Corey, I was like, it's kind of insane the, the amount of things that have been thrown at us apart from like, they say the most stressful things that can happen in a relationship are like moving, divorce, or like the grief loss of something. Yep. Which I guess we did have a miscarriage. So yeah, we did do that there. Because I was thinking like, we haven't really grieved anything together, but we did. Yeah, for sure. So I was telling him today, I'm like, it's kind of crazy that we're going to go on five years together and we've gone through moving three times together. Mm-hmm. Me ha- getting arrested, <laughs> getting a DUI, losing <laughs> yeah. my license for a year. Um, a pandemic. Yeah. Switching careers like two or three times for both of us. Yeah. Um, there was more. Oh, having a baby, right. having a miscarriage, um, now planning a wedding, like all these things that are supposed to be super, super stressful. So he was like, if this is like the worst thing that we're going through, which we've gone through multiple bad things. And like right now is the worst that we've been bickering just because of everything that's going on. And I say that, but it's like a heated conversation, yeah. maybe once or twice a week. Which is normal for new parents. I want that also. Don't think that like, uh oh, trouble in paradise. And I don't like, think you. It's I don't a think huge you have to, life change. Oh yeah, and I think it's normal to struggle to navigate that. I don't ever think that you can define someone by how they have confrontation, yeah. but it's like how they navigate it. Yeah, so, like you can't avoid it. No, you can't avoid it. But like. You're sleep deprived. Yes. Like to expect someone not to feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. because I know because for Shane, like he felt helpless when yeah. he couldn't be here to help me and I was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so like that creates a tension. And then there's also a tension for me because I'm overstimulated and I'm yeah. tired and I smell like puke. <laughs> so like there's been a, like I get touched out by the end of the day yes. and I'm just like because she's teething mm-hmm. and she wants to be held constantly. And I want to hold her because then when I'm holding her, I can feel that she's breathing and yeah. it makes me feel comfortable. But then by the end of the day, I'm like, I need to not be touching then, another person. And for then two also seconds. you're not connecting with your partner. Then. Yes. And so like that's frustrating, too, because yeah. now you're no longer like a you are a couple, but yeah. your first thing is I'm a parent. Yes. And we are partners in parenting yeah. and not partners in fucking. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's just different. It's not to shift. mention, I can't help that like anytime it's intimate like that. Like I try to be, yeah. but recently my brain is just elsewhere and yep. I can't help it. It sucks that the intrusive thoughts don't stop when you're fucking. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. Yep. I'm like, sorry, I'm trying to be here with you, but also I'm just really thinking absolutely awful thoughts Mm -hmm. that make me not in the mood (laughs) yep so okay (laughs) jumping in trauma so i have a lot of sources we're gonna link them in the um description yeah they'll be in the description the show notes i don't know i paste it everywhere because i don't actually know where anything goes (laughs) but that's where it'll be Okay, so before we get into trauma responses, I want to talk about what trauma is in general. Yep. So trauma is not only the exposure to a traumatic event, it encompasses the emotional experience that experience that surrounds the traumatic event. Usually this emotional experience is overwhelming and leaves many unanswered, lingering questions. We might feel strongly about the event, we might feel responsible or ashamed. For what happened. Mm-hmm. A traumatic experience is any event in life that causes a threat to our safety and potentially places our own life or the lives of others at risk. That's a big thing, too, because I think when people think of like trauma, like I was explaining this to Corey, 
and he's very like a one track mind type of yeah thinker and so i was like what do you think your trauma response is and he goes i don't think i've experienced trauma mm. and so in his mind he's thinking like i haven't gone to war <laughs> like yeah. literally he's thinking like i haven't been in a bad car accident or i haven't like right. and i'm like honey you've experienced trauma even when since you've been with me yes. like i the things your miscarriage is a tra- is trauma. Yes, the things he's seen in his job as a nurse, like mm-hmm. there are things that he's come home and ha- you know had to oh, resuscitate yeah. somebody who or or he's lost patients. Yeah, and like I think he just thinks like, well, that's my job. But I'm like, but it is trauma. Mm-hmm. Like so, and here's the thing about trauma as well that like, what is trauma for one person? That's could be a resilience building um situation for another talk about resilience so like it's trauma isn't a blanket thing yeah so like what is trauma for me could be different for you or it could be more severe for you that's and you we could experience the exact same thing like siblings could grow up in the exact same house experience the exact same things and their trauma responses could be different or more intense more severe because of resilience is a factor and just different things right. like that, like how you cope with it emotionally. But or like your age when it happens. I remember. Yes, so there was, a, there was a fire that happened um, in the back alley behind the house gr- that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And my sisters and I all woke up because we heard the fire trucks and we looked out the back window and my youngest sister talks about how she is terrified of mm-hmm. fires like that was a yeah. traumatic experience for yes her. i remember that it happened but like i'm not i didn't have the same yep. aftermath that she did yeah absolutely from the same event exactly so um as a result a person who experiences this traumatic experience uh will have high levels of emotional psychological and physical distress that temporarily disrupts their ability to function normally in day-to-day life that's what like makes it a traumatic experience as if it like causes a disruption yep and and that could be as much as like thinking about it over and over again having dreams like things like that Mm -hmm. so trauma can be caused by experiences such as car accidents violent assaults um physical sexual emotional abuse but it can also arise from something less obvious betrayal embarrassment bullying grief divorce um the absence of emotional support more examples um, could include natural disasters like fires, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, um, earthquakes, being a victim of or a witness to a crime or act of violence such as or like armed robbery, mm-hmm. being involved in or witnessing a serious car accident, being in an airplane that is forced to make an emergency landing, being physically assaulted or being exposed to images, news reports, or social media posts of these types of events. So it could possibly not even have happened to you. And you could get sec- like a secondhand mm-hmm. trauma experience from witnessing it, even well, if it's over social media or right. like a television. And that's what I wanted to bring up as well with um, people of color. Like yeah. if someone sees something on the news of, let's say, an officer yes. um, murdering a person of color. Yeah. They can see themselves in that situation. And it can evoke that trauma response. Yes. 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 And so now a fear is Mm -hmm. instilled and um, can cause negative reactions around certain things. So like 
that's why it's frustrating when people are like, well, just don't be a bad person. Yeah. And then this won't happen to you. And it's like, first of all, that's not how that works. Right. And second of all, you don't get to decide how my body responds to seeing someone who looks like me. Yep die yes or be severely injured or yeah. tre- mistreated same thing with with covid yeah with what happened with covid the fact that we were in a pandemic and people first of all if you're in the medical field holy fuck um kudos all around obviously we talk about it all the time like you all don't get enough credit at all mm-hmm. but the things they've seen yeah. the things we've all seen um people around us you know like things like that we've basically been living in a state of like our security and our safety being threatened for two years now yeah. none of us know how to navigate it and everybody's being so fucking hateful and mean about it yeah. when people are afraid and just doing their best to try to do the right thing. And, well, I, and think I think that's, that's even fucking worse is that people are lashing out at them for just like trying to do the right thing well, in I a time that like we don't know what the right thing is. A lack of understanding. Yeah. Because just because I like I'm not afraid of spiders. Right. But you are I'm terrified. But that doesn't mean that your fear of spiders is stupid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that your fear of spiders is irrational. Exactly. It just means that you have experience for whatever that is yeah. that makes you have a negative response to it where I don't have that. But that doesn't mean that yours is not legitimate. Yeah. And you, it doesn't mean that I'm trying to make you afraid of spiders, but maybe don't put a spider on t- on me. Yes. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Or like bring me into a room that you know has spiders in it. Right. And then me it's look at you simple. and be like, you big fucking baby. Yeah. I'm not reacting to it. And it's like, so I don't know why you are. Stop being afraid. That's sheep. not how <laughs> amygdalas work. <laughs> nope. And you can't you can't decide for people. And then guess what? You just look like a fucking asshole. So well, like, especially don't because be a dick. like you don't know. We lost people that we love yep. due to illnesses. Yeah, um, we have experienced trauma in hospitals, and yeah. so now that like this thing is happening surrounding yeah illnesses in a hospital, like it's that is triggering. Yeah, and another thing. You were talking about, um, I forget how you worded it, but it reminded me of like uh, emotional abuse, which yeah. like I didn't know anything about originally. Um, and then I've just like been learning about it over the past couple of years. And essentially, emotional abuse can happen over a long period of time mm-hmm. when stability, predictability, um, certain needs are not met. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can invalidate themselves in mm-hmm. situations by saying, well, no one hit me. Right. Or I didn't, I had a roof over my head. I had money. I had food. Like, yeah, I wasn't lacking in the typical areas that you would think someone was suffering, would suffer trauma from insecurity and yeah. things like that. But it goes same emotional way with relationships is, as much as like growing up the yep. same thing like people will be like well I never got hit well yes. he doesn't but if it's emotional abuse happening it is going to potentially have the same psychological effect on you right and could provoke a trauma response and be a traumatic experience right. um, I just wanted to say that because no, I think that there's so many people who like Corey can't remember yeah. a a specific well, moment I even of said, I said Corey, you've told me stories that I'm yeah. like, 
I could tell you right now that that was a traumatic experience. Right. Sorry, keep going. No, no, no. That's saying. what I was going to say is like, you can't pinpoint like, okay, I don't ever remember getting like punched in the face by my dad. Right. Or I don't right. remember ever getting uh, sexually assaulted by mm-hmm. someone. And I, or I don't remember being in, a, in an accident. But like, it doesn't have to be that. It yep. doesn't have to happen physically to your person. It can happen emotionally. And you subtly could be, over yes. time and just like chipping away at it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like as a child. Yeah. Um, because I, your brains are different. So like yep. things that are happening like seem, I don't know. It's just like when I look back on things, like me and my sister joke about it all the time. Shout out. <laughs> but she'll say like, yeah, I'm telling this funny story at work. And then I look, turn around and everybody's like just staring sad. Like, that's not funny. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I fucking... This is a funny story me and my sister talk about. When we get together, we yeah. laugh about it. And I'm like, no, that when, but speaking it out loud, you're like, wow, that was kind of If you wrote up. it down and read it back to yourself, would you think it was funny? Nope. <laughs> right. It's very and sad. like, that, oh, I had a thought and then I lost it. I'm so sorry. No, it's not your fault. I forget it. I forget what. Shout it out to my sister. <laughs> Shout it. It'll come back, I bet. I know. Um, the way a person reacts. Oh, I remember. I knew I'm it sorry, would. I'm sorry. I knew it would. So what I wanted to say was like when you're a child and even into your adolescence, like you're creating your worldview. Yeah, yeah. You're experiencing everything for the first time. So you don't know what is what. what and yeah. if you don't have someone who is actively guiding you through it and giving you like consistent reassurance yeah. and um what's the word i want to look what i want to say i don't know someone who is basically being really present yeah and consistent with you then you fill in the blanks yep. that that person hasn't filled in for you and as a child you don't it's all you have this sense of self that's all you can think about and so if it's negative mm-hmm. it's this is my fault yep i did this yeah, if you're I not being to be told better. otherwise. Right. You f- or you a lot of people will, you know, the way that some parents talk, it is almost like it is your fault. Like, yes. Oh, I can't yeah. even. Um, <clears throat> What was I going to say? Oh, and the thing that's the problem is, too, as, as children, then you adopt these trauma responses. And we'll talk, we'll get more involved in this in, when we get to the response part, the four responses. But the problem is these children will adopt these trauma responses as a means of survival. And then when they're not in danger anymore, when they're at a place where they can be safe and secure, they don't know how to not turn it off. Yeah. Well, and that's when we talked about, oh, I forget which one we talked about it in, but I was um, talking about the What Happened to You book where he spoke about how you have maladaptive. Yeah, they we talk about um, maladaptive. Yeah, responses where it's like uh-huh. it it helped you at one point in your life. But yeah. now that you're not in that in active danger anymore, you that. your body can't tell time. Like your amygdala, the part that tells you that a danger is near can't tell time. Yep. So if you see a trigger or your uh, your body is experiencing something that reminds it of a trauma, it immediately goes into your trauma response. Yeah. And you can't tell it, no, I'm not in danger. Yep. No, this isn't a problem. I don't need to be having this reaction. It's like, don't give a fuck. Yeah, I remember. I'm going to, yeah. yep. I'm gonna give, like, I would love to not be afraid of spiders, yep. but my amygdala has other fucking plans for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, no, when you see this, you're going to feel like literally every 
thing in your body is going to curl up and you want to scream and run and hide and I would love for up. my brain not to go on vacation and yeah, dissociate <laughs> just for no reason in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Okay, so the way a person reacts to trauma depends on many things, such as the type or severity. Yep. The amount of emotion available support for the person following the incident. Um and the existence of certain personality traits, natural levels of resilience, and whether the person has had any traumatic experiences before. Common reactions include a range of mental, emotional, emotional, physical, and behavioral responses. So I'm going to go through a little bit of those now because this is just like kind of basics, not really talking about like the four big ones, but this is just like, I think maybe could validate yeah. people. Because if you're feeling any of these and you're like, why am I fucking tired more than normal? We just went through two years of a traumatic event that's really still going on. Right. So, like, if you're feeling these things, I want you to know that there's th- there could be a reason why. Um, common reactions to trauma are feeling as if you are in a state of high alert or are on watch for anything that might happen. Feeling emotionally numb as if in a state of shock. Becoming emotional and upset. Feeling extremely fatigued and tired. Feeling very stressed or anxious. Being very protective of others, including family and friends. Not wanting to leave a particular place for fear of what might happen. Mm. Mental reactions. Reduced concentration and memory. Intrusive thoughts about the event. Repeatedly playing parts of the event over and over in your mind. Confusion or disorientation. Emotional reactions. Fear, anxiety, and panic. Shock. Difficulty believing in what has happened. Feeling detached, confused, numb. Not wanting to connect with others or becoming withdrawn from those around you. Um, feeling it's so like, weird to hear all of this because I'm like, uh huh. Yep, uh-huh, I know. Check, uh-huh. check, yeah. check. Continuing alarm, feeling like the danger is still there or the event is continuing. Let down after the crisis is over, exhaustion may become obvious. Emotional reactions to the event are felt during the letdown period and include depressions, depression, avoidance, guilt, oversensitivity, and withdrawal, which I think is what a lot of people are in now. Yeah, I myself included. Because I got hit with, like, leaving an abusive relationship, then moving three times. DUI. 2020 happens. Yeah. And now baby stuff. And it was just like, boom, boom, boom. Every time I thought, like, whoo, getting a breath. Like, I feel like once I get up and I'm having that breath, then it's, like, mm-hmm. pushed right back underwater. Yeah. Which I hate to say that because I hate being like, oh, poor me. But all it... it it has been a lot. So. Well, it, it, I don't think it's fair to say, like, I hate saying poor me because I think everyone should be able to yeah, own their trauma and yeah. say, like, I'm allowed that, to feel like good this. Good things are happening to me as well. And I acknowledge them, but I'm not going to. It's like toxic positivity where I'm not going to say, like, oh, because this good thing is happening in my life right now that, like, I should just be happy all the time. It's not realistic. I am still going through really big major life events that are having a physical effect on my mind and my body. I don't know if it would help people to think of it almost like a scale because, or I guess it's not like a scale. I think people believe that if if they have this trauma over here stacked up or these negative yeah. events that happened over here, all they have to do is counteract it with, with positive ones things. Yeah. and then it'll balance out. And then the positive will outweigh the negative. And that's not how it works. Not like how it happens. you just keep tossing stuff on the other side of the scale. And then you find out that like they were never fucking connected in the first place. <laughs> they, they are separate, it's not working that yeah. way. You can't, and then the depression gets worse because, like I've said millions and millions and millions of times, is yeah. the thing that makes my depression worse than anything is beating myself up saying, you should be happy right now. Mm-hmm. Good things are happening to you 
Why are you not feeling happy right now? Okay. You if wanted I, this. All of these good things. Blah, blah, blah. If I spray poopery okay. in the toilet <laughs> yeah. and then I take a big old dump of rooski. Yeah. Okay. It might still smell. smell like shit? <laughs> it might smell a little bit better. I love this, but analogy. I still took a big old dump of rooski. There, that is still shit in the toilet. Yeah, it might smell like flowers, but it also smells like shit. <laughs> it, 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 it is shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love that. Great analogy. Thanks. <laughs> not um, my best, but also not my worst. You, hey, you nailed it. <laughs> Some phys- physical reactions are fatigue or exhaustion, disturbed sleep, nausea, vomiting, dizziness, headaches, excessive sweating, increased heart rate. Behavioral reactions include avoiding reminders of the event, inability to stop focusing on what occurred, getting immersed in recovery-related tasks, <laughs> right? Losing touch with normal daily routines, change in appetite, such as either eating a lot more or a lot less, turning to substances such as alcohol, cigarettes, coffee, and sleeping problems. Okay. I know that recently I... Do you remember that I... First of all, I'm sorry. Nope. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're going you're gonna to forget. I know. That's why I Say almost it. said it. Do you know that before I was in that abusive relationship that I never fucking drank coffee ever in my life? Do you Do know, know that? that before my first miscarriage, I had never... No, my second. Yeah. Before my second miscarriage, I had never had coffee. Right. I feel like we both did. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I am addicted. And it became mm-hmm. a thing where, like, if I couldn't go get coffee in the morning, I, I almost got, like, trauma bonded to coffee. Or yeah. maybe it was one of these responses. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, when I was leaving that situation, I would go and get a coffee yeah. from the gas station. It was just, like, not even a good coffee. It was, like, gas station energy drink coffee. Yeah. And then it slowly turned into, like ice lattes and now it's like i have to have a coffee every morning mm-hmm. sometimes too because like <laughs> well, i just you're need also it. very tired now I'm so tired <laughs> yeah. but even like when i was pregnant i was getting decaf once and i'm like this tastes like ass but it was like it was like a what's that habit yeah at that point mm-hmm. and like i had no idea until i read this that that could be i was like oh i got it <laughs> i'm addicted <laughs> so I well i than- was gonna say that like i am i don't think addicted but one of the things that uh through therapy I found out about myself as a response to my trauma is that I have memory loss mm-hmm. and um because of the years of trauma that I experienced, my um sense of reality was distorted. Sure. And so when a traumatic event happens, I re I realized I retell the story over and over and over and over again and part of me is like I thought I thought the reason I was doing that was because I was manipulating people like I have to tell this story as many times as possible to cover all my bases so people know that like I wasn't the shitty person in this yeah but that's not why I was doing it the reason I was doing it is because I forget uh-huh. and if I say it enough times, it'll be maybe cemented. I'll remember. Yes, and then I won't question and it won't what happened. Be distorted because I remember the most recent event that I can recall. A few days later, the the intrusive, distorted thoughts kept coming in, being like, "Is that really what happened? Yep. Are you sure? Uh huh. I don't you think that maybe that was your fault? Yeah. Don't you think that that and so you played a bigger role in that? Yes. Uh-huh. Don't you think you could have handled it differently? And like. I realize that's what always happens yep. is these distorted thoughts come through trying to change the picture. Yeah. But if I've told it enough times before, I can say that's not what happened. I remember what happened. I know what's happened. Yeah. And that's come after a lot of work and growth in myself because before I would be like, 
I guess I don't remember. Maybe it was my fault. Maybe right. I did cause this. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have done something differently. Maybe I'm the one who needs to apologize. And that that's been a huge breakthrough for me. Yeah. Wow. You just like <laughs> said some shit that I'm like, God damn. Now I got it. Maybe that's why I do it. Because when I started telling my story, like I said, I, I lied multiple times when the whole abusive relationship mm-hmm. thing was happening. And it was a safety tactic more yep. than anything else, obviously. Um, I was trying to keep myself alive. So when I finally felt I was safe enough to start opening up, then I was like, am I manipulating? Did this really happen? I even had witnesses to multiple of the events who then would validate me and be like, no, I saw it. This is what happened. And I would still in my mind be like, well, he said it didn't go down like that. And he's acting like I'm a terrible person for like even mentioning that that might have happened. So maybe it didn't. Like, so I saw a TikTok and it was like my favorite, um, what was it? My favorite trauma response or my favorite symptom of being abused by a narcissist Mm -hmm. is be thinking that I'm the narcissist. Yes. (laughs) And so like, that's what it reminds me of is I think. I have been coached to believe that I'm the master manipulator. I'm the one twisting the narrative. (gasps) When in reality no that's not true no and so like i remember saying to barbara i'm like am i just trying to create this to make to trick people into Mm -hmm. thinking me thinking that i'm a good person and she goes are you and i'm like well no (laughs) what if what if like on a subconscious level she's like i don't fucking think that's a thing barbara doesn't talk like that but (laughs) i wish she would i know i don't think think, i feel like if i was a therapist when if if when if that ever happens like i feel like that's kind of there i'd be like let's be fucking real with each other jennifer (laughs) well i said i'll be damned in the last (laughs) session and i swear her face was like oh see my therapist was always like speak how you would normally speak and i'm like so i'm just fucking feeling a lot of fucking things right now <laughs> and she was always like okay she never said it back but i wish she would mm. hold on real quick i went to the store today because i had to get formula and they're out everywhere yeah. we do combo because i'm you don't have to explain yourself i know but i feel like people will be like she was saying she breastfeeds and then she fucking... you don't have to explain yourself know, but there's so many mean people online. <laughs> Whatever. And then they're in the comments and they're like, really? Because liar. Anyways, (laughs) well, I went there to a place that you can get that. Yeah. And the the card thing wouldn't work when I go to put it. And the girl goes, sorry, it's been fucky today. (laughs) And she looked at me and then her eyes got real big. And I go, that was fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was like, oh, fuck. This could go one of two ways. Like, she's going to tell my my, supervisor. Or she's going to think this is cool, but her eye, it was like it was just the normal thing that she said. And then her eyes got big. And I was like, this thing is fucky. <laughs> I hate when things get fucky. <laughs> but it was awesome. Yeah. Anyways. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Oh, yeah. Let's check and see if we have any sponsors. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 bacon bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you might be thinking that all trauma responses are dysfunctional, bad, maladaptive, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case. That is not always the case. Trauma responses do not necessarily have to be unhealthy. For example, let's say that you were bullied during your childhood. Mm -hmm. Back then, you figured out that acting as a bully yourself was the only way that you could use to defend yourself as there was nobody around you to protect or support you. I know. I (laughs) feel like. And here's the thing, too. Stop calling me out. Um, That's something that I tried to explain to Noah because he talks about how they're quote unquote bad kids in his class. And I tried to explain like kids that are bullies normally their first bullies are their parents mm-hmm. like or or an older sibling yep. or cousin like somebody is being mean to that kid because how did they learn to be mean like that right kids are not just inherently pieces of shit you right. know what I mean so I try to tell him that you know you don't have to you, you don't have to be around of your environment yeah you don't have to be around that kid yeah. and you don't have to subject yourself to like them be- bullying you but just like no that they're probably also going through some yeah. things too. And and I, cause I've talked about that um, with Barbara. I was like, I'm not going to sit here and, and say to you that I've never done anything wrong or I've just been this perfect angel and just all these people hurt me. I was like, right. I hurt people. Yeah. I bullied people. I have done and said horrible things to people that I regret. Yeah. Um, and she said, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. And when I finally realized that that's what I was doing, and I realized this like long before Barbara told me, that's like where my B tattoo comes in. But like, I realized that that's what I was doing. Yep. Like, I'm doing this as a protection for it's, myself. It's a means of survival. Yeah, it's it's a coping mechanism um, and a response. The difference comes in when you've grown up. You're an adult. You're no longer in those threatening, unsupportive, bullying type environments, mm-hmm. but you continue to act like the bully. Because you have this fear that people are not to be trusted, that they're going to attack you, betray you, shame Mm -hmm. you. So you decide to bully them even before anything happens. That's when the trauma response becomes a maladaptive coping mechanism. And it's something that needs to be rectified because it's not a good thing. Yeah. You when you consibit continue because when you consibit <laughs> when you continue to my throat is making so many noises. Can you hear I it? I can't hear it. Oh my god. Big stretch. When you continue to exhibit the trauma response, even though you don't need it anymore, um, and even though it's not necessarily the current reality, you keep believing it even when people are nice to you, and that ends up hurting your long term relationships yeah. with other people. So we'll go into the responses. The first one we have is the fight response. That's kind of mm-hmm. that thing. The trauma response of fight is when we figure out that in order to survive, we need to fight back. This trauma response stems from the belief that in order to get what you need and want, you need to fight to try to try a lot and sometimes over overcompensate in order to provide yourself with the safety and security that you wanted to feel in your past. The healthy version of the fight response is when you're assertive, when you set healthy boundaries with others, 
when you protect yourself, when you lead others, and when you find the courage to make things happen. When it's unhealthy and used as a trauma response, it's an active self-preservation function where you move reactively towards conflict with anger and aggression. Mm. It's a fear state where you confront the threat to stand up and assert yourself with anger. Yeah. People who fight with People who respond with fight are utilizing conflict to navigate the situation. A fight trauma response is when we believe that if we're able to maintain power over the threat, then we will gain control. Um, This can look like physical fights, yelling, physical aggression, throwing things, property destruction. It can also look like balling your hands into fists, feeling a knot in your stomach, crying, being argumentative, or experiencing a tight jaw. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if you notice yourself exhibiting the above behaviors, take a moment to slow down and think about how you're positioning yourself at the moment. It may feel good to access your physicality to gain mobility in the situation and have your insides reflect your outsides, but it comes at the cost of connection and others feeling secure around you. So in order to release this, you can use deep breathing, warm baths, routines, mindfulness, and being gentle with yourself. The fight response preps you to be physical, so you can also lean into exercises that allow the body to calm and achieve homeostasis. So you can do this by practicing mindfulness and also doing like a burst of constructive activity like yoga, stretching, boxing, things that can just get that out without putting it towards another human being. Right. And I think that's something that's tough because in in the past, I feel like parents, like the authoritarian type parenting style yeah, yeah, yeah. was super common. It was and the it norm, was I like, feel. You fall in line. Yeah. You do what I say. Speak when spoken to kind of thing. Don't disrespect me. I'm to be respected. You're just a child. Yes. And I think that we are seeing society move away from that. And I think that it can be really triggering to people to feel like, when is it my turn? Yeah. To have this power over someone else. Yeah, Yeah. When in reality, like we shouldn't ever have power over people. Like even my children. Yes. I am responsible for them. Assertive in a good way. Right. And it is my responsibility to make sure that they are safe and taken care of. So like, no, Ollie, you can't open the front door and start sprinting across (laughs) the street. Sorry, that's not a thing that you can do because it's dangerous. Yes. But that's not me asserting my dominance over him. Right, right. That is me protecting. Yes, helping him to learn what is going to keep him safe. Yeah. But I think that... A lot of times people's egos can mm-hmm. be triggered. Oh, totally. And I think that that's where it's maladaptive. It's like, yeah. what am I, am I actually being threatened right now? Yeah. Am my, is my physical, emotional well-being being threatened or is my ego being threatened? Right. Because I think that's how you can tell the difference between whether your response is maladaptive or a necessary trauma response. Yeah, and I don't want people to think if they if they have exhibited these behaviors that I'm writing you off as like your piece of shit. No. I have done it, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you that like even like when I take the aggression out on Corey, sometimes it feels good. It does. Like after I get it out, I'm like, oh. 
good. Thank you for that. But it was like, I just used him as a human punching bag. Yep. And like, that's fucked up. Would I want him to do that to me? No, I've had somebody do that to I me. I feel like a can of Coke that someone yes. shook up. And like, I have to get this out. Yes. Let me get this out. But if you've ever opened a can of Coke and it's sprayed all over you or some kind of fizzy beverage and it's sprayed everywhere, it's a fucking mess and yeah. you hate it and it's terrible. Afterwards, you're so sticky. Yes. <laughs> Nobody are... wants to be that sticky. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And so like, think about that. Yeah. Are you spraying your stick all over someone? Like, <laughs> Are you getting people sticky when they want to be sticky. not sticky? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah. But it's hard because. Sometimes I think it's easier to think of it in that way. Like it make is. it silly. Make it stupid. Yeah. Instead of saying like, I'm a traumatized person who hasn't healed from my my own trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I take my own unresolved issues out on other people. It just sounds better to say, I'm a fizzy can of Coke. And I'm just spraying my <laughs> stick over everybody. And exactly. I need to stop. And I think so people that, can enjoy me. I think, yeah. I think that um, the internet has had a way recently more than not, which I love, like hold people accountable for sure. But I think we've gotten into a real sticky situation where it's like, <laughs> how many times can we I say did sticky? It, did it again. But it's kind of like, um, we give no room for like grace. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? There's like, if you fuck up this one time, you're a piece of shit and that's it. You're yeah. a bad person and you'll always be a bad person and you shouldn't be allowed any room yeah. for growth. And like, I've said this multiple times. I hate that. I hate that. That yeah. is the way that, like, it seems on the internet. I don't think a lot of people who watch us are like that, but I yeah. do see it a lot. And it makes me sad because when you do that to people, it cuts off any chance of them wanting to grow. Yeah. They're just like, because they feel like trapped. I, you, it's kind of like that fixed mindset, growth mindset. Yep. You have just told them what you do is not because of what's happened to you it's because you're a piece of shit and then in their mind they're like well i'm a piece of shit no matter what why the fuck should i even try yeah. because that's what this is you have to try you have to work at it it is hard to fix the way that you react to certain things it's really easy to take the maladaptive response and run with that one first because it feels better it's easier it's what you're used to it's a routine mm -hmm. and like unlearning that behavior takes growth and um yeah it takes work and so and that's the thing too like your internal wounds yeah you have to actively try to heal them it's yes. not like an external one no like okay you you scratch your knee it's gonna get better on its own yeah you don't have to think about it yes yeah. it's gonna take time that's not how trauma works no. on the inside like it's there and it's always there until you fix it yeah <laughs> and you can't rely on someone else to change for you to heal like that is for you to do yeah absolutely um so the next one is the flight response which is my personal favorite <laughs> it's the one that i've been doing a lot the trauma response of flight refers to escaping and avoiding. This coping mechanism probably started when you wanted to avoid something uncomfortable or something dangerous um, um, or feelings that like something wasn't safe. The healthy version of this coping mechanism is when you take a break from overly upset people, when you disengage from difficult conversations that aren't leading anywhere. Um, sorry. Or when you remove yourself from relationships that aren't healthy. However, as a trauma response, you take it a step further by isolating yourself entirely. Hi, me. It's me. <laughs> Stop fucking doing that. Yeah. 
Um, it can look like escaping your responsibilities, seeking solace in alcohol, turning to drugs. I'm not doing those things. Yeah. Just so that's, <laughs> I don't want so that's clear. Yeah. So escaping my responsibilities, check. But the <laughs> other ones, no. Or when you avoid stepping out of your comfort zone because of fear, check. <laughs> the flight response is when we believe that if we are able to escape the threat and avoid conflict, then we won't be harmed. This can look like running away and avoiding interactions with others. To avoid uncomfortable feelings, you may escape the situation by staying busy or fleeing for the exit whenever things get tough. That is what I wanted to do for the longest time. Yes. Like, whenever we had our second miscarriage, all I wanted to do was go to Oregon. Yep. I just wanted to flee. run away because flee, in flee. my mind, flee, 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 <laughs> flee, 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 um, all, all I kept thinking is like, my problems can't find me in Oregon. No. Like, I just need to Everything get far Everything will get better away. if I run. Yes. Corey yells at me for that all the time. <laughs> he doesn't yell, but he does say, Sierra, yeah. you can't do like, that is my go-to. When I was having crazy intrusive thoughts, oh my God, I'm going to say something that I've like not told anybody, but when I was, I literally, postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety can make you say and think things that you would not normally. So while I was in this state, I said to him, I'm just going to drop the baby off with somebody who will take care of her and I'm going to run away. Like I'm leaving. That's what I said. Like I was planning. I said, I am leaving. I told him that while he was at work. Which is not a good thing to yeah, do because no, he was like, no. I was fucking in surgery yeah. and it just comes up on his Apple Watch and I'm like, I'm leaving. Which I was <laughs> I wasn't. Mm -hmm. But like in that moment, if I would have had a way, like I probably would I don't think I would have. But like I was almost going it felt to like, like the only way. It I was like, like do I thing. check myself into a hospital? Like what do I do right now? Because in my mind, the the word like this what am I trying voices. Mm-hmm. The voices in my mind were like, you need to leave. You need to go. If you run away from here, you'll be fine. Yep. You need to just. That's all you need to do is just. Put she you, will put be better off if you sit, leave her with somebody and just take off and you can come back eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and even though you know that that's not true. And I, again, I'm a logical person. So in my mind, I was like, I knew I wasn't going to. But in my head, if you would have asked me, mm -hmm. I was like, yes, of course I'm going to I do said that. that to Shane. Yeah. I was like, I want to walk out the front door and never return. And like, that doesn't I mean just... that I don't love my family. It was almost like I'm doing this for you because in my brain, what it's telling me is like you are causing them more harm than good. You need to separate yourself yes. and just run. Yes. And I think that comes from like being exposed to a lot of toxicity. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I know what it was like to have these people stay and I'm not at my best right now and, and you deserve me to it I would rather remove yes. myself and save them from being exposed to me in that way yeah yeah huh. no it's hard that's that so me sad so for me <laughs> right for me yesterday yeah. <laughs> who was having those feelings and thoughts but I also wanted to say that I wanted to move yeah. I wanted to move far away and like that was that was the thing Shane and I were going to move because mm -hmm. When you move back to your hometown where a lot of trauma happened to you, right? It's almost like all of it is brought back up mm -hmm. and it feels like I can't escape it. I'm feeling too many feelings right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm back in this fucking 
a snow globe well, of yeah, trauma. Yeah, that's reliving it. It's it's mm-hmm. you're just reliving those experiences over and over and again. And I felt like I was never going to be strong enough to establish boundaries to keep myself safe from the things that constantly hurt me. Yeah. And the only way that I could is if I just created a physical distance because a physical boundary I can hold. Yeah. Like if I am a six hour plane ride away, yeah, then that I'm- is so much fucking easier. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I am happy to say that through therapy and through like my own personal work and growth and like I no longer feel the need to run. Oh good. So because I need you here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know that. I know that as well. But and I, physically... I don't either feel the need to run. I think that's important to say. <laughs> yeah. That moment is past. Will it be back? I don't know. Probably. Hopefully not before Monday. <laughs> yeah. But that's good. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Where was I at? So to drop back into yourself, do things that create an immediate visceral reaction with your body. Pay attention to any tense muscles and relax them to relax your mind. Um, Therapists recommend body work and intentional movements to halt the stress response so you can think about how you want to respond instead of your initial impulse to react and run. So like moving your body and be like, I am moving. I'm running right now. This body be moving. <laughs> yes. Something that Barbara um told me to do when I was having my panic attacks was to go through each part of my body, tense it up and then release it. Yes, so like I do favorite. it with like my shoulders and then my arms and my hands, my Toad. torso, like all the way down and mm-hmm. then my entire body and then release it. Yeah. And I don't know why, but like. It does help. It feels good. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I don't realize like how much I've been tensing yes. those parts of my body until I relax them, like yep. intentionally relax them. And then I'm like, damn, my jaw was fucking Oh my tight. God. It's always my jaw. And me too. When I get to my face, I start from my toes and work up. Mm. And when I, I get down. to like my jaw, I'm like, fuck, mm-hmm. that bitch is tight. I know if I'm having a lot of migraines, it's probably because I've, yes. been, I've been clenching. clenching. Yep. I know. This bitch be clenching. <laughs> Um, they advise coping techniques that are tactile, tactile, is that what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, I got scared. <laughs> and grounding, like drinking a warm beverage or eating crunchy food. Oh, I stay eating crunchy food. <laughs> yeah, same. And warm beverages, love that shit. Uh, but I think the grounding thing is also like a anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. like. They also encourage the importance of building connections with those around you, which increase feel good, happy chemicals like endorphins and serotonins. Who is she? Never knew her. <laughs> little bit of sari tea oh that's what shane, shane calls uh he's been hype his hi- most recent hyperfixation is bread oh i love and that for him he, and for me he calls it his emergency sari tea <laughs> i love that okay the next one is the freeze response um the freeze response is when we stop we stand still we don't do anything we don't move backwards we don't move forwards the freeze response is where we numb our feelings and our needs this was me like Two years ago when we is were. Is this like what dissociation start. falls under? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I don't do this one, but I definitely you definitely do. I actively do this one, yes. do this one almost constantly. <laughs> the healthy version of freeze is mindfulness. So in the freeze response, we don't do anything. We stay still. We remain in the present moment. And this mindful state can be quite beneficial. So like a lot of times for me, I'm either looking too much ahead in the future or I'm like thinking so much about the past and it's hard for me to like stay grounded in the moment as it's mm-hmm. happening. And then I beat myself up for that later because I'm like, why wasn't I present? I look back again and I'm like, yep. I'm, why did I, that flew by and whatever. Yeah. I really need to work on this. Um, 
But practicing mindfulness is a healthy way to stay in the present moment and admire what is happening right now for a specific amount of time instead of thinking too much about the future or the past. When it's unhealthy, the freeze response relates to dissociation and immobilizing behaviors. When this defense is enacted, it often results in literally freezing, feeling frozen and unable to move or finding yourself spacing out as if you're in a haze or detached from reality. You don't feel like you're really there and you're mentally checked out as you leave out what's happening in your surroundings and what you're feeling in an attempt to find emotional safety. So... I know that I've been doing that a lot recently and yeah. I've been trying to communicate it to Shane because um, we're in a huge transition period with right. him um, working from home, figuring out what his routine is, changing medications, being diagnosed with different um, mental health disorders. So it's like we're going through a lot. Yeah. And it is also a big transition to like, be the sole caretaker for the kids to now not being the sole caretaker yeah. for the kids. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little bit of that control that has to be released. Well, yeah. And it's like we have different parenting styles. Yes. And so like we we didn't really have to co-parent for long periods of time yes. before. And now we do. And so it's I freeze with him a lot because I will notice certain things that like I would want to do differently, but Why also are you doing it like that. Uh, just do it like this. But <laughs> it's I also like, want to be like going to get you to the finish respectful line. of him, and yeah. I also. But there's also certain things that I'm afraid of because yeah. I either have read something negative about like the way that he wants to do something, or it reminds me of something negative that I experienced. Right. Um. And he's never doing it to the caliber that would actually cause that trauma. Right. But like my body is like dangerous. No. We're approaching the danger zone. <laughs> yeah. And I just go into this place where I'm like, I feel paralyzed right. because I want to talk to you about this. I want to have a conversation, but I also know that this is touchy and I'm also trying to be sensitive. So it's almost like decision paralysis in a way yeah. where it's like, I don't know how to have this conversation without triggering you. And I don't want to trigger you, not because I'm afraid of you, but because I love you and yeah. I care for you. And I want to be um, just really respectful of your feelings. Right. Not assume that you're yeah. doing this because you don't know better that, that you, yeah. you're intentionally trying to like cause a certain mm -hmm. like bad. And effect. if I feel misunderstood when I'm trying to communicate those things, I just immediately shut down. Same. I'm yep I'm like well I'm done talking and I'm, I won't talk ever again <laughs> because I'm like I I feel like I'm doing a bad job I yeah. feel like I tried all that I could not to hurt you and I still feel like I hurt you yep and I just need to like shut her down shut it down <laughs> yeah yeah so the freeze trauma response is when parts of your sympathetic nervous system have reached a point of overwhelm causing a neurological shutdown oh my god I the know. other night I looked at Shane because um I I started going into that shutdown because I, because I, I had a conversation with somebody that like, I was like, I have to, I just, my, my Goodbye. mind, I'm having a tough time staying in my body right now. Yes. And, um, I looked at Shane and I was like, can, can you do bedtime? Like I, I have to go lay down right now. And Ollie goes, you going to go take a nap? And I said, yeah, baby, I'm going to go lay down. If you need me, just let me know. And he goes, you feeling overwhelmed? And I'm Aww. like. I am feeling overwhelmed. Love that. I know. 
I just thought it was so fucking sweet that like that is that's something that he is notices. aware of. Yeah, yeah. N- Noah will do things like that. Obviously, Noah's older, but like Noah's been, he will pick up on things and be like, like. He watched me have a panic attack one yeah. time. I think this was after my miscarriage, so I was feeling a lot of things. And he didn't know about that so much as, yeah. like, like, that's the reason. But I was in my bed, like, curled up, like, actively having an anxiety attack. And he went and got me cold water. Aww. How he knew to do this, but he was like, just drink this. I think it's because when he's, like, really sick to his yeah. stomach. And he probably just thought I was sick because I was curled up like this. He's like, drink this. Take small sips. And I was like, I fucking love you. And, like, you shouldn't have to see me like this. But it was yeah. so, so sweet. That, like, he knew that, like, you know, I, I think it's important. I obviously don't want him to, like, think he has to take care of me. But I think it's important for children to see you not always perfect, to see you not always on, mm-hmm. you know, your game. Well, because and I think that, like, it can be scary yeah. to see a parent um, in that state. But he obviously felt safe enough yes. that that didn't scare him. No, he was like, what can I do to help? Yes. And I was just like, God. Love yeah. you because he knew that like something negative wasn't going to come from yeah him like trying being in close help. proximity to you right. during that time. Which I can't say the same if there were you know adults yeah. in my life growing up that like if I would have seen them like that I would have literally ran and hit probably yeah. and been like well I don't want to be involved yeah. in Bye. that <laughs> at all danger yeah <laughs> um so the, they say the response is likened to like animal friends playing dead. Yeah. Um, in the presence of a predator, when you freeze, it might look like being at a loss for your words, retreating into your mind, having a hard time breaking out or being present, sleeping. Hi, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dissociating, spacing out and going emotionally or physically numb. So maybe all these things that I thought was like depression was actually the freeze trauma response. Now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. Fucking hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's the equivalent of temporary paralysis and disconnecting with your body to prevent further stress. To counteract that loss of connection with yourself, um, you can do grounding exercises if you catch yourself starting to dissociate. So you can do, there's one called like the seeing red, where you scan around your immediate surroundings for a red object. Um, Then you can focus your eyes on it, say Mm -hmm. red hoodie or whatever. Take a deep, slow breath and then scan the room for a second red item. Do the same. Repeat it five times. Doing this can help you bring can help bring you back to um, present moments and the environment that you're currently in versus the environment that you created when you're in the trauma response that's taking you out of the present moment. The last one is the fawn response, which I never knew was a thing. So I Mm -hmm. think when I was actively in my abusive relationship, this was my survival technique to a T. So when people say things like, um, oh, when I saw you guys together, you didn't seem like it was bad or, you know, even afterwards, you were saying nice things about him and all of these things. It was a fawn response. Yeah. So um, fawning is a response that has to do with people pleasing. The healthy version of this response is when you have compassion for other people, when you care about them and take the time to support, validate and listen to them. But the unhealthy version of fawning is when you put aside all of your needs and focus only on other people's needs, their safety, their security, making sure that the person who was abusing me didn't get mean things from other people, yeah. which was like my sole focus at the time. Yeah. Like, I don't want him t- don't to be want in other, trouble. Yeah. I don't want for other people abusing not to me. like him. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But in my, in the state that I was in, just what it was. 
Um, you can then create codependent relationships where you want people to need you because you need them. Um, you think that you're not enough, that you're constantly giving to others because you believe that unless you are harmful to them 24-7, that you're not worthy. Yep. This can also lead to staying in relationships that are abusive. A person with a fawning trauma response might stay in a toxic relationship because they feel that they need to fix the other person, that it is their responsibility to change them. Similarly, fawning can also manifest as having little or no boundaries and letting people do and ask whatever they want. This, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think it's also, I'm just realizing after hearing these that I don't think we often have even the opportunity to have the fight or the flight response as children. Yeah. So if you experience ongoing trauma, your only responses may be dissociation or and fawning. fawning. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm sorry, um, what is it? Freeze? Pre- yeah, yeah. Freeze Freezing and fawn. And fawn. Yeah. And it, Honestly. Be- because you can't, you can't fight, fight back, back and, and you, you can't, can't leave. leave. Yeah. So like your only options are to be a people, people pleaser, pleaser and escape into your own mind. Yeah, absolutely. God damn. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Sorry, I just wanted to say that no, before I I'm forgot it because I felt like I I try and figure out like why why are those my go-to options and uh-huh. I think my reasoning for always wanting to leave is because I couldn't right. I couldn't leave. So then when you're an adult you're like fuck I can do this now. I yes. have this power. I can do this and then it's like well the still, other two- still not enough still unhealthy. Yeah. The other two never worked for me, so Yeah, might as well. Um so fawning can manifest in having little or no boundaries. Okay. And then this can cause the person to lose themselves in other people's lives and end up feeling empty as they have invested all of their energy, time, and resources into other people. Again, why I felt like I couldn't leave for so long. I was like, but I just spent four years of my life trying to make this yeah. person a good person. And now if I just leave, then right. like all of that time was wasted. I went through all of that shit for nothing. Yep. And that's not the case that's at all. That's a sunk cost fallacy. Yes. Yes. Um, It can leave the person feeling resentful towards the people around them, ultimately creating an unhealthy relationship dynamic where the person who fawns is the one always pleasing and giving to others without getting anything in return. Mm -hmm. If you're noticing that you're fawning often, be extra compassionate with yourself as you begin to separate what feelings belong to you and what feelings belong to other people. Observe yourself when you're around others to add in buffering time to help prevent um, you resorting to fawning. The first step is awareness and learning how to start putting up boundaries to take up space. Know that your body and mind did what it needed to protect you, but you can reestablish safety within yourself now. You are capable and worth it. Trauma responses don't always fit neatly into a category, so you might not over-rely on like the same defenses whenever you encounter fear. It's more likely um, to identify with one or two or toggle between them, depending on the situation that you're in. So for people who suffered severe trauma, responses normally pair up and create hybrids such as fight and fawn or flight and freeze. Yeah. So mine would definitely be freeze and fawn. Yeah, I was going to say mine I think are flight and freeze right now. Except I I, I think, think I got flight freeze and fawn. Honestly, <laughs> I think I'm a mix of all three. Yeah. Um I think that it would depend on who I am. It, reacting to mm-hmm. because I think with my sisters 
because well that's the thing too it can depend on the situation yeah. it can be situation dependent so i know that i reacted um negatively and was someone who caused trauma to my sisters right um and it was because I was using a maladaptive coping skill yeah. to protect myself. And so I felt bigger than them, more powerful than them. So I was more likely to use right. fight yeah. with them than I was to fawn or freeze with them. With or, like an, a person yeah. of authority. Yes. Where, yeah, if it was a person of authority, then yeah. I, it would definitely be one of the other, be one of the other ones. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is, if you identify with one of the four trauma responses, just know that you aren't alone. Um, you can do go to social support. Like, I don't know if you can go to groupings anymore, yeah. but you can definitely use like social media, social support groups. Yeah. Um, you can use journaling as a self-soothing tool. I've been journaling a lot. There was a time where I couldn't journal because yeah. I was afraid that someone would find it and then yes. use it against me. Um, but now I've been journaling. and. All the books I find, I just journal in all of them. And That's they're like amazing. fun. Like I found one that I hadn't written in for three years. <gasps> I wrote in it one year and then I skipped a year and I wrote again. And then it's been three years. And I literally was like, see you again in two years. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I need to start journaling. Um, so you can do that as a tool to learn about your behavior, figure out how to better deal with tough situations and move towards recovery. Noticing and then speaking about your trauma response to someone who cares for you or doesn't leave you judged and won't give unsolicited advice can help. Mm -hmm. um, your first step towards healthier living is by identifying your current behaviors and then knowing in due time that you can make adjustments as you need to. Yeah. I think that's important, too, because for someone who is a recovering people pleaser, it is hard for me to learn, like, am I doing this because I genuinely want to do it or because I feel like I have to? Yep. And. I do love serving people yeah. and helping people and giving of myself Same. for people. I feel, I feel like we both do. It's yeah. such a big part of who we are. But I also know that I you did it to... as a, a way to cope and survive. And I, I had to feel, I had to realize like it wasn't one or the other. I didn't yeah. have to stop completely giving of myself to other people just to prove that I wasn't actively fawning all the time. Right. Right, exactly. And it's hard to know when you didn't realize that that you, was your defense. Or that something was even traumatic. Yes. You know, it's yeah. hard to even realize yeah. that you're using a coping mechanism if you don't even spot what the trauma is in yep. the first place. Um, the last thing I have is it says, remember to show yourself grace, kindness, and compassion. You have been doing what you need to do to survive. And it'll take time to unlearn some of these behaviors. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. You're not a bad person. Um, it takes time to grow. It takes time to learn. Mm -hmm. And that's literally all we can do is try to be better people at the end yeah. of the day. And depending on how old you are when you're hearing this and, and when you first experienced your first trauma that caused you to develop these, you have been actively using this for a very, very yeah. long time. It's going to take time to unlearn it. Yeah. You've been paving that road one way and now you have to veer it off and go a yep. different way. That's going to take a minute. And the first time that you do it and you see a setback, like again, what I just told you, how I reacted to Corey out of anger, that made me feel like what a piece of shit I am. I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be this like person that people look up to. And like, I instantly started to get like down on myself. And then yeah. I was like, I am a human being. I am still learning. I am still trying. I'm not going to be perfect. And that's the thing that I want people to give 
other people a little bit of grace because you're not going to be and perfect yourself. all the time. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. yourself. You're not going to be perfect all the time. If it starts you're with gonna- yourself, you're more likely to give it to someone else. Yes. So yeah, and you're going to have moments where you where you go back a little bit, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay as long as after you take that step back, you can take two steps forward. Yeah. So thanks for hanging out, guys. We hope that that wasn't like too, too heavy. We hope that you got something from it and feel validated and you feel some kind of community. Yeah. Um, And yeah. Uh, If you want to hang out with us more, you can find us at patreon.com slash ladies and tangents or on our social medias at ladies and tangents. I've never done that before and now I feel weird. Also, our website, if you want to order some of the sick merch. Yeah. I point to not the right thing uh, is ladiesandtangents.com yep the merch is a slash LT dash merch yeah um, anyway that's enough plugging our stuff whatever <laughs> um, thanks for hanging out we love you guys so much we will see you next week alright goodbye